Looking there in Luke 11.1. 1. Okay. It says, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Father, I pray you have your way tonight and that we would get in that prayerful mood and mode as well, Lord God. We and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I think Stephanie's going to come at this time and do a song that goes right along with my sermon. And I would even ask her at the altar call that you would go and do this song. God, I just uh, received a um, memo here from, the, they did email us from Manila, and they did do the drama. They didn't say how many people were there at that place, uh, the Plaza, but they said there was three inches of rain. But they said it was good. They said it was good, but it was three inches of rain. Uh, so those of you that have family there, ay, ay, ay. Uh, but I know that it's going well there. Okay, are you ready? We covered Luke 11. When I've spoken many times on, on Luke 11, when I choose a subject of prayer, and I don't really, I'm not going to be talking too much about it, the fact that, you know, they're here with the disciples uh, observing Jesus. They'd been about two and a half years into ministry, walking with the Lord. And all of a sudden, one of them, doesn't say who, one of them snaps to the fact that that's where the power's at. They had been two and a half years walking with Jesus, and all of a sudden, man, one of them says, that's where he gets his power. That's where he gets his energy. That's where, there's the secret. It's in prayer. And he says, Lord, teach us to pray. They want to know because they know the secret. And it says there he was in a certain place or maybe perhaps a secret place. Now, often whenever audiences hear that we're going to be speaking, a preacher's going to preach on the subject of money and prayer. Those are two subjects that audiences tend to get like a little numb. Ah, uh, money, oh, money, money, money. Uh, and then went prayer. Because prayer is not an easy uh, subject to perform. And I know that. You get to let it convicted. But hey, we got to be prodded. We need to understand that the enemy has a way. See, those two subjects, money and prayer, are probably the most, uh, uh, how could you say, the most uh, important or the most strategic subjects that the enemy doesn't like. Because he knows what the church can do. Those are two important subjects needful for the church. Finances and prayer. It's like I've taught before. It's a Holy Ghost combustion. I taught on Cornelius before. And he was a prayer warrior. He fasted and he prayed and he gave. And whenever you, you, you combine these, these efforts, prayer and fasting and giving, it turns into what we've mentioned before, a, a, a Holy Ghost combustion. That's how a car starts. Boom, combustion. Blah, blah, blah. A little bit of oil, a little bit of gas, a little bit of air, a little bit of water. Bang! Uh, that's how it starts. Uh, and there's a Holy Ghost combustion whenever you put, whenever you mix prayer and money together. Hallelujah. And then, and then fasting. Forget about it. Ah, uh, Holy Ghost combustion. So the enemy knows that. See, prayer does seem, though, like a lost art within many congregations today. It's like a lost art. See, many drift into prayerlessness, do my friend, to, you know, because they seem that, they, they seem to think that prayer is not that rewarding, but it is. And sometimes though prayer is not that easy. I've preached before that sometimes the farthest distance is not from here to the moon, it's from here to, to there. Remember that? Oh, it's too far, I, I don't want to go. It's too far. Uh, so we drift into prayerlessness because we don't, we fail to see the rewards behind it. Um, but tonight we're going to look at the prayer life 
of Jesus himself. Now, in actuality, when it comes to Jesus' prayer life, he didn't really say a whole lot regarding prayer, okay? He didn't say a whole lot. Jesus didn't try so much as to defend the subject of prayer any more than he tried to defend the subject of God. Even the Bible doesn't defend God. The Bible just simply says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You either believe it or you don't. God don't need Johnny Cochran. He don't need nobody to defend him. Oh, Johnny, could you go tell the people, prove, it, prove that I'm for real? No, Johnny Cochran needs God. Amen. So Jesus didn't really, really try to defend the subject of prayer. He didn't really even try to, as, as like he doesn't try to defend the subject of God at all as well. Or God's existence. No, Jesus did even better than that regarding prayer. He practiced it. He did it in front of people. Ah. See, Christ actually did what the apostle Paul would write years later. He prayed without ceasing. Jesus prayed without ceasing. Okay, his entire life was one big prayer. Look at Luke 3.21. About four portions of scriptures here today. We've already covered one. Here's a second one. Luke 3.21. Wanna look at Luke. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Do you have it? It says there, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized as well. And as he was what? Praying. See, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. All right? And he starts his ministry in baptism, but also before that in prayer. Then his final breath on earth, when he says it is finished, you before that, you know, his, his, his final breath in his life was, unto thy hands I commend my spirit. Unto your hands I commend my spirit. In other words, so Jesus began his ministry in prayer and he ended his life and his ministry in prayer. His entire life was what John, what the apostle Paul would write years later, pray without. His entire life was one big prayer from the beginning to the end. So those we can see that Christ's whole life was a prayer. Now, in regards to prayer, Jesus really didn't lay down a lot of ground rules or, or some tough, hard rules to follow regarding prayer. But yet he did have, and he did leave us some biblical guidelines regarding prayer. He didn't leave some big old heavy stuff. I've said it before. Remember that? Some people say, you know, you better pray this way or else it's not going to happen. Now, there is some types of biblical formulas to a certain extent. But, but again, and I use the analogy, I'm going to bring it out again. If Esteban was drowning... Well, let's use Valentina. She's here today. Uh, and she was drowning. And crying out, ah! First of all, I'd say, did you do the dishes? No, 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 no. I have it right here. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I would jump in and I can't swim that good. But she wouldn't have to tell me, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, 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 no. You didn't say the prayer, right? I can't go in and get you. No, I'm, I'm going to jump in there. Uh, so when it came to prayer, Christ didn't really leave, leave a whole lot of rules and regulations and, and rituals that we had to perform because he knew it was heart to heart. Uh, he'll hear you, praise the Lord. Uh, now, but I'm going to give you five things that he did do. First of all, and this is a real fast one, it's important to observe that in over 90% of his prayers, Jesus' prayers, 
He addressed God as Father. That's point number one. Just five quick things that I'm going to give you here. He addressed God as Father. To the Father is where Jesus focused his prayer. So who did he pray to? The Father. Okay, that's point number one. Number two, see how fast we're moving? Secondly, where did Jesus pray? Well, the answer to that question is very simple as well. Everywhere. Everywhere. I was amazed at the song that she was singing. It goes right along with my sermon. I can be in a crowd anywhere. He prayed everywhere. Okay, so first of all, we know that he prayed to, to the Father, and he called him Father. Some of us, we get all like, you know, omnipotent, omniscient, just Father. He didn't use those big old adjectives like trying to appease them and, ooh, you know, no, he just Father. Uh, if it be that, I will. And then secondly, he prayed anywhere. Or everywhere, excuse me. The Bible records that he prayed with the disciples both together and he prayed for them separately as well. Then, the most grueling and the most, uh, you know, uh, hardest prayers, you might say, okay, in, in his life were spent alone. All right? He prayed with his disciples, but he also prayed alone. And most of the grueling prayers, the hard prayers, were when he spent time alone. Just him and the Father. Thirdly, while we're moving fast, but I know how many pages I have in my sermon, so we're not going to finish yet. Hallelujah. Uh, wow, he's almost at number five. Number three, we know to whom he prayed. Who did he pray to? We know where he prayed, everywhere. Now, when did he pray? Okay, well, we have found that he prayed without ceasing. Anytime and every time. That's when he prayed. Anytime and every time. But as you examine the scriptures found in God's word, we're going to find that he really prayed in earnest, in, in really earnest during the times of crisis that he had to face. Just before some big crisis, he really prayed in earnest. When he was going to face some kind of a, a difficulty. In other words, like maybe, like when maybe a man in the home has to go to court. I mean, they pray. Oh, man, they get right with God. They're like, man, you know. You know, if you ever want somebody in the home to pray for you, and, and they're really, really, their prayers are going to be heard, ha call them up the day before they have to go to court. Okay, I mean, they're, they're, they're fasted up, they're praying, they're like, oh yeah. I mean, those prayers are going to be beautiful prayers. Uh, straight to the throne. Um, and that's what Jesus prayed in earnest when there was, he was going to face times of crisis in his life as well. Okay? Just before choosing the 12, the Bible says he prayed all night long. Because, hey, you know, the church was in the balance. Uh, I mean, there was a, a heavy responsibility on who he was going to pick as the 12 disciples. Remember, Jesus didn't do things at random. You, 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 not you, you. No, no. He did it, and he chose the 12 in earnest. They were handpicked. And he prayed all night long before he went ahead and did the choosing. Then just before he went to the cross in Gethsemane, Jesus felt the big necessity to seek the Father for divine help just before the biggest decision uh, that was needed. Big decisions were needed. Uh, same with us, Victory Outreach. We're getting ready to go to to uh, uh, South Africa. We're going to be going. I just talked to somebody today, real serious about, uh, you know, going to uh, South Africa. And we're getting ready. We've already got a home director and we've already got a guy that's going to go and, and, and work with the gangs. I'm still praying, though, out of that, that's from other churches. And we're already contemplating a pastor. He's already been contacted. Okay? But now I'm praying about us, our, our people from our midst. Who's going to go? And again, we're not going to just do that at random. It's got to be the Lord. But rest assured, it's going to be somebody from, from here. 
We're going to be a part of the team. But that just can't be, that has to be done, you know, solemnly and seriously and in earnest. The, the team right now in Manila, we got to pray for them. Ah, oh, that's serious business over there. Uh, the enemy's not just going to give us, hand over Manila to us. It's got to come in prayer. How about the building fund? Well, let me just mention too. When Aniba was back here, when he was here, I, I felt something. I felt something. I've never felt it too often before in our, our midst. I felt like a, just something, I can't say something broke. Something was already broken. And I, I, I could feel the finances flowing. That's the best way I can describe it. I, I could feel it flowing. I felt it. Uh, in other words, somebody's been praying about the finances, thank God. Um, so what I'm really saying, and you'll, hear, you'll be able to understand what I'm saying as we get more in depth and detail in the sermon, that it's going to be easier to give now. Even, even those of you that were. Something happened. It, something cracked, something broke, something happened. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I felt it. It's just going to be a whole lot easier. Those of you that was hard for you to go into your wallet. Oh, and when the battle's over, you know. Aye, aye, aye. All right, let's get back over here. Uh, are you with me? Uh, so we're going to have to pray for the walls to be coming down. It's very important. But what many churches, or excuse me, what many Christians often miss and fail to realize, and this is important, this, this is heavy to me. A lot, of, a lot of Christians fail to realize is that not only did Jesus pray before a crisis, but he also prayed right after a big crisis, right after a big event. Look at Matthew 14, 22 and 23. In other words, Jesus didn't only pray before the big crisis and before the big event. He prayed after the battle was over, after he'd been victorious, after they had won. He prayed even then. A lot of people don't understand that. But there's various portions of Scripture that prove this, prove it to be correct. And this is one of them. Matthew 14, 22. <clears throat> he had just fed the 5,000. Miracles had taken place. A great miracle had happened. Then verse 22 says, Immediately, after all that miracle, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up into a mountainside by himself too. When evening came, he was there alone. There he was praying alone again, okay? But a great victory had just transpired, had just happened. But what does he do? A lot of us, when we, when we after a big victory, what do we do? We go eat. <laughs> hey, man, that was heavy, bro. Did you see all the souls of God say, hey, now I'll meet you at Nations. Or La Piñata, one of the two, you know. Ah, or La Piñata. After we, we, we get up, I mean, that's what we do. We go fellowship. We go high-five it. Hey, man, that was bad. Yeah, man, did you see the drama, man? Everybody? Jesus prayed after that. Let us learn that. Uh, I mean, nothing wrong with going eating. Uh, but, but learn from the scriptures here. He prayed also after a big victory. We should too. Uh, very vital, very important. Again, many of us go celebrate. <laughs> but Jesus would pray even after victory. Number four, what did Jesus pray for? Now the object of his prayer. We know who he prayed to, when he prayed, okay? Now we're going to find out where he prayed. Now we're going to find out what did he pray for? What was the object or the focus of his prayers? Well, we find there that he prayed for himself. Yes, he prayed for his disciples, but he also prayed for himself. Many times he'd go get away. Can he pray for himself? Sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to pray. I'll pray for myself last. Well, sometimes Jesus prayed for himself first. Uh, you know, we, we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be too selfish. 
I'll pray for myself last. Christ prayed for himself. Ah, that was one of the objects of his prayers. Then we also know, as I said earlier, he prayed for his disciples. Okay, now, John 17 says he prayed for his disciples then, but he also prayed for the disciples that were going to follow him. In other words, he prayed for you and I, even now. He prayed for, man, I love that scripture in John 17, knowing that he prayed for us way in advance. Ah, prayed for Steve when he was out there running around acting crazy. Father, I pray for him that he would not, you know. Remember, remember what, what did Jesus say? Peter, the, Satan has desired to sift thee as wheat, but don't be discouraged for I have prayed for thee, for you. He prayed for us individually. Matter of fact, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, he ever liveth to make intercession for us always. In other words, Jesus still has a ministry. Once, he, once it is finished, once he died on the cross, he's still doing something, and that, that ministry is prayer. He ever liveth to make intercession for Right now he's praying for us, for you and I. That's still his ministry. Okay, so he prayed for us corporately, generally, but also individually. Uh, thank God for that. Whew. I can stay on that one forever. Okay, number five. Look at how fast he moved. And finally and ultimately, Jesus put prayer number one, first. A one priority in his life was prayer. Again, he did not consider prayer as preparation for the battle. Rather, Jesus considered prayer as the battle. And I've taught this before. Jesus did not consider prayer as preparation for the battle. Jesus considered prayer the battle. The battle was here. Uh, he was able to walk with his feet and do great exploits because he'd gotten on his knees first. The battle had been won in prayer. Uh, to Jesus, prayer was central. Now, Pastor Sonny at the Mighty Men of Valor received a medal, a very distinguished medal, from the Assemblies of God. Very few have ever been given out. And the guy, the individual that gave it is one of the, like, the 12 apostles. He's like one of the 12 main, main guys in the Assemblies of God who gave it to him. And another guy who runs the, the Bible school there, he mentioned the fact that he says, no Latin has ever received this distinguished medal. Pastor Sonny Argazzoni of Victory Outreach Ministries is the first to receive it. Now, if you would have been there maybe for the first time and acknowledging what's going on and observing what's going on, you, you could have been able to say, you know, hey, they went up, he got the medal, went, you know, you're all sunny. He's real, yeah, okay, great, yeah. You would have, some of you could say, hey, that was easy getting that medal. All you have to do is put out your hand and get it. No, 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 there's more to it than that. See, what you failed to see, all you saw was the, the receiving of the spoils, the receiving of, of the awards, of the accolades. But hey, he, he didn't receive it then. He received it in sacrifice. Back on Glass Street, many years, take that, uh, that class they're going to be having on the history and vision. I think that's what they're having on the history and vision of Victor Outreach? Uh, pretty soon? Take that one. Hope Josie teaches it. I might even take it if she teaches You know, hallelujah. Uh, she knows everything about, man, that's a, that's a great class. You know how many churches would love to have Josie teach that class? Oh, you got her, hallelujah. Uh, if you can nail her down, praise the Lord. Huh? <laughs> uh, and she's taught it several times here before. And some of you have taken it with her. Wow. It wasn't, isn't that powerful? Uh, but you know that Sonny sacrifices, sacrifices, sacrifices. He, he got that medal way in advance. Uh, and that's the same principle here. See, you know, in other words, you go out and you obtain the spoils and the rewards, but once you have won the battle in, 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 in the secret place, in a certain place, that's, that's what happened there, okay? 
And then the Bible says, and your heavenly Father will reward you openly later on. But you've got to win the battle on your knees. See, Jesus' greatest moments of agony were the moments and the hours and the nights he spent in prayer. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. Mark chapter 9, 28 and 29. Did you hear what I said? His greatest moments of agony were the moments that he spent and the hours that he spent and the nights that he spent in prayer. Those were his greatest agonies, most gruesome moments, difficult as ours. Mark 9, 28 says, do you have it? After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? They're talking about a demon. He replied, this kind can come out only by what? Prayer. Prayer. See, here the disciples had tried to do battle on the wrong side. They tried to do the battle when they got to the demon. That was the wrong side. They should have done the battle on the other side, in, on their knees, in prayer. Because this kind can only come out in prayer. In other words, they weren't ready. They weren't prayed up. This kind Jesus can only come out in prayer. So when Jesus gets there, it was a piece of cake for him. Why? Because he had done his battle on the other side. Ah, that's the key to Christianity. You want to be more than a conqueror, then you have to be more than a prayer warrior. Ah, if that's what you want, it's not going to come that easy. But it comes easy in prayer. After prayer, should I say. Once you've paid the price on your knees. See, they should have fought the battle beforehand. Look at John eleven forty one. This is my last scripture here. John eleven forty one. 41, 42, and 43. I'll wait. Praise God. John chapter 11, beginning in verse 41. It says there, So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I, and there's a prayer. Father, I thank you that what? You've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And we all know the story. Lazarus came forth. And he was dead, but he came forth. See, Jesus didn't win the victory at the grave but at the secret place, at that certain place. He didn't win the victory at the grave, at the grave site. He won it back here when he was already prayed up in prayer. Everything else was a piece of cake in a sense. And I've, I've preached on this before. I have a sermon called Agonize, then Evangelize. Keith, hallelujah. Uh, you got to pray first before you go out and win him. Agonize before you evangelize. And everything else will be like popcorn. Everything was a piece of cake to Jesus. He was able to walk on the rock because his knees had been on the rock before that. Ah, uh, his lifestyle proves it. Now, what does Jesus here say or what does he pray? He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Heard me when? But he was already praying. We don't know what he prayed, but he knew what he prayed. His father, I think you've heard me. Not right now. Yeah, we know he's going to hear him right now. But you heard me back in there when I was agonizing. Uh, when I was back in, in travailing in prayer all night long. Ah, now we should bring back that oldie all night long. No, 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 no. In prayer, all night long. 
Oh, really? Oh, that's, that's where we get it. And Victor, listen, if we're in a prayer mode, Victor Albert Chamber, that means we're going to be praying all night long. It's going to have to happen. Oh, we're going to have to start getting on our knees. Oh, only because we know that something's up ahead that's good. See, in the real battle is when Jesus had prayed. Back in the real battle. See, and this is important. The Bible says that just before the cross, at the Garden of Gethsemane, okay, that Jesus was in deep agony. He was in heavy groanings. It was heavy cries of desperation were coming out of his, out of his mouth in Gethsemane. Are you with me? Then, if I would have been there, when he was crying in Gethsemane, knowing what he had told, the, if I was one of the disciples, and he said, I have to go to the cross, I'm going to go, and I'm, you know, the Son of Man must be betrayed and, 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 and crucified in the, next, the third day. If I would have known all that, and if I would have been one of the disciples, listening to him in the Garden of Gethsemane, oh, groaning and moaning, I would have said to myself, oh, no. If he can't, if he can't take this, how's he going to take the cross? I'm trying to tell you right now. I would have said, oh, no. I would have looked at Peter and said, no, he can't do it. I would have looked at me and said, no, I can't do it. Man, but if he's over, if he's being, if he sounds defeated already right here, if he's hurting now, moaning and groaning right now in Gethsemane, what's going to happen at Calvary? Somebody better be praying for the guy. Because if he can't make it here, it's going to be real bad on Calvary. But then the Bible says that the betrayer led the crowd, the mob. And one of the leaders, the leader comes and says, who is Jesus of Nazareth? Because they were all, the disciples were there. Couldn't spot him. He's just like a Victor Irish kind of guy. Uh, he didn't have a big cloak and a big cloth hanging there. They couldn't spot him. They said, well, who, which one is it, you know? Matter of fact, the guy had to go kiss him. To point him out. Who is Jesus of Nazareth? And what does he do? He says, I am he. Huh? Okay. Matter of fact, when he dealt with the mob, they fell down, the Bible says, under the power. But many hint is biblical. What many hint does, and what do we do here is biblical. They fell under the power. People say, well, that's not of God. All right, let's pray for you, bro. Uh, let's see what happens, you know. Try and stay up when God moves. You can't do it. Ah. Uh, but anyways, everything else he did, he had to face Pilate. Thou sayest. Talk about poise and the noise. Huh? I mean, we would have looked at him and said, oh, no, I don't know if he's going to be able to take a look at the master. Oh, he's moaning and groaning now. But the minute they come and they say, all right, who was Jesus of Nazareth? I am he. Even when he was on the cross, he, he, he took it like nothing. Why? Because the battle was over here. In the moaning and the groaning of Gethsemane, even the cross was not that hard for him. He had time to, to win a soul. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Oh, he, he looked out for his family, his mother. Mother, John, take care of her. Uh, no biggie. He had poise in the noise. Uh, because he had already fought the battle on his knees. Uh, it had already been fought. You and I had already been bought with a price. Way ahead of time in Gethsemane. Now, in conclusion, if prayer was so central and of so one 
A1 importance to Jesus, then how much more crucial should it be for you and I? If it was so vital in his life, how about you and I? You want to be a dynamic Christian? You better learn to pray. I thank God that I, I had time to go into the home. Now, now that, that, was a loaded, that was a loaded statement there. Because I was a dope fiend, so I had time. Uh, well, what do I, do? I think I have some time to go to the home. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, because I learned so much in that home. To this day, to this day, my daughter knows she's here. She, she knows. Uh, I mean, I, I learned that, that principle. Uh, uh, you know, you don't pray, you don't stay. Uh, you ain't going to make it anyway. Uh, it's important. And if you want to do any, anything significant in the kingdom of God, you've got to learn this. If it was good enough for Jesus, man, we need it as well. Okay, very, very vital, very important. He knew where the key was. See, if Jesus fought and he won his battles in the secret place, we as well then should visit that same secret place more than a few times. We should go there. If Gethsemane was where the battle was won, then we should go to Gethsemane. That's where we're going to win the, the, the battles. If Christ's toughest times were in prayer, then may I ask, where are your toughest times and my toughest times? Uh, are they when you're talking to your wife? Man, I wish she was man right now. God, I wish I was single right now. You didn't pray, brother. Uh, what have I said before? When you're right with God in a prayer, you can take on Godzilla, and I'll take it even further. Uh, and you're championa, hallelujah. Uh, and you're all ages, you know, honey, that's right, that's right, that's right, honey. You're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got to visit those places. That's, now, that's where his toughest times were in prayer. See, because, man, everything else should be nominal and minimal. Because you should have been fighting the fight in prayer. Man, if you're married and you get all bent out of shape, ah, that means you've not been praying. Your toughest times should have been in your closet. Not in your bedroom. Ah, really? Not in the front room, in the, but in the closet. Jesus' feet could walk on the rock because his knees had first been on the ground. Ah. In other words, that statement, and, I, and it took me some time to write it. What I meant by that is he had poise. He could, he could walk cool. He could walk, you know, he didn't have cars back then, so Jesus practiced real. He was like the inner city kind of guys. Like I talked about Sunday. He knew how to walk because he didn't have no cars. So he had a mean strut about him. He could walk cool, man. I wonder how he walked. I want to check out his walk when we get up there to heaven. He had, to, he had to have the coolest walk. Why? Because he had the biggest knees. He that has the biggest knees has the coolest walk. Yeah. Come out of there. Uh, peace be still. Uh, be thou made whole. He had it all going on because he'd been on his knees prior to that. See, prayer should be as much a part of our lives as our hands and our feet. And I've said that, I, I taught about that last, on Saturday in prayer. By the way, we had a lot of people here for prayer on Saturday. Keep coming. Keep coming. It's time. We had a good turnout, but we can get gooder. Uh, but I mentioned prayer should be as much a part of our life as our hands and our feet. Uh, for some of us, our head. Hallelujah. Uh, 
See, what Jesus was trying, this is, this is, don't miss, if you haven't heard nothing, listen to this, it's like close. What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples was, and it still holds true today, that if you can win the battle in prayer, then you can win anywhere and everything else as well. If you can win the battle in prayer, then you can be more than a conqueror anywhere else as well. Matter of fact, I have purposely held a title. Then he probably thought I didn't have one till right now. And he probably already gave it three titles. But I held a title on purpose. And you know me, I'm a title guy, I give it in the front end. But now I've saved it for the back end, the right side. The title of my sermon is Prayed in Advance. I like it. That's why I wanted to save it till the end. In other words, he prayed everything in advance. He, he, he prayed the battle in advance. He won the war in advance because he prayed it in advance. He did everything in advance. You ever, isn't it great? Those of you that, that, that do books, when, when, when somebody, and you get a bill and it's paid in advance, it's like, woohoo, who did that? You don't got to worry about that one. I'm not afraid of fears. Oh, man, I'm not, yeah, all right. Somebody paid that in advance. Well, my friend, all your battles should be prayed in advance. You'll feel good. About, yeah, come on, devil, I ain't afraid of you. I've been prayed in advance, buddy. I ain't afraid of you. I mean, I know it's going to be tough, it's gonna, but I, it's not that tough compared to what I just went through on my knees. There was a battle. Uh, never I agonized all night long. Uh, that's why Christianity should be a lot. It shouldn't be as hard, really. It should not be as difficult. That's why I have that saying, cruise control. Keep it in cruise control. That you can't keep your Christian life in cruise control when you're not prayed up. And I'll be very frank and open and honest with you here. When I'm not prayed up, because I know, I'm a minister, I know. And I, I, I like, you know, I said, oh, God, how am I going to fake this? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Said, oh. But the minute, the first opportunity I get, pew, I'm gone. Where's Pastor Steve? You can't find me. And you better not, if you look for me, you ain't going to find me because I'm going to be something. I know the importance of prayer. I wouldn't, I don't want to come out here unprayed up. No, uh No way. Oh, because I, I got to win the battle on my knees. See, Jesus won all his battles in advance. May it be so with Victory Outreach Hayward. May it be so with you as well, individually and corporately, that we win our battles in advance. And I somehow, somehow I believe we're going to do that. That's why I believe God was ministering to me as Neva was speaking, picking up the offering right there. Something's going to happen. I think we're going to take this thing to heat and we're going we're to go ahead and do it. There's going to be people praying here an hour in advance before the, before the service. There's going to be people praying for an hour even after the victory. Uh, I, I believe it's going to happen. It's time. Uh, and then you can learn to be more than a conqueror. Regardless of your age. Some of you young people that are listening to me right now, hey, man, you can be the, the hit of your high school. I'm not talking about the quarterback. Uh, I'm not talking about the point guard. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the Jesus freak. What will people say if they know that I'm a Jesus freak? Uh, so what, bro? Let it be known. But I ain't alone. Hallelujah. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able. Uh, we're ready. Come on, life. I ain't afraid of you. When every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise God. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving in ministry. Hallelujah. Prayed 
in advance. You got to do it ahead of time. Jesus knew where the battle was at. Even when we're coming to church, praying. I don't know what Pastor Cal used to say all the time. One of the, one of the greatest preachers ever in Victory Outreach. He would always say, we'd be in leaders' meetings, and he would say, Brother, you got to go prayed up even to the prayer meeting. I never forgot that. You got to go prayed up even to the prayer meeting. Wow. Now I understand sometimes we, we're rushing here doing that and there's and whatever. And God will honor our prayer meeting time. But I would say and I would pray, make every effort to even come to the prayer meeting prayed up. Then we can just flow and go and grow and do what God's called us to do. I begin the sermon by saying there's two subjects that congregations and audiences get numb to when the preacher's going to preach on those two subjects, either money or just the way about it because it's a lie of the devil. And then also prayer. Prayer. Well, this night you have to you need to pray that, hey, prayer is afforded to everybody. It can be a part of everybody's life just as much as their hands and their feet and their eyes can be. Say, so you know what? It's going to be a part of my life. This, I would dare say, is a very, very important sermon. Very important. He was ready for Calvary. He had poise in the noise because he'd been to Gethsemane. His closet. His certain place. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for those.